This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Marvelous Land of Oz by L. Frank Baum Chapter 21 The Tin Woodman Plucks a Rose the army of Glenda the Good looked very grand and imposing when it assembled at daybreak before the palace gates. The uniforms of the girl soldiers were pretty and of gay colors, and their silver-tipped spears were bright and glistening, the long shafts being inlaid with mother-of-pearl. All the officers wore sharp, gleaming swords and shields edged with peacock feathers, and it really seemed that no foe could by any possibility defeat such a brilliant army. The sorceress rode in a beautiful palaquin, which was like the body of a coach, having doors and windows with silken curtains. But instead of wheels, which a coach has, the palaquin rested upon two long horizontal bars, which were borne upon the shoulders of twelve servants. The scarecrow and his comrades decided to ride in the gump, in order to keep up with the swift march of the army. So as soon as Glenda had started and her soldiers had marched away to the inspiring strains of music played by the royal band, our friends climbed into the sofas and followed. The gump flew along slowly at a point directly over the palaquin, in which rode the sorceress. "'Be careful,' said the tin woodman to the scarecrow, who was leaning far over the side to look at the army below. "'You might fall.' "'It wouldn't matter,' remarked the educated wogglebug. "'He can't get broke as long as he's stuffed with money.' "'Didn't I ask you?' began Tip in a reproachful voice. "'You did,' said the Wogglebug promptly. "'And I beg your pardon. I will really try to restrain myself.' "'You'd better,' declared the boy. "'That is, if you wish to travel in our company.' "'Ah, I couldn't bear to part with you now,' murmured the insect feelingly, so Tip let the subject drop. The army moved steadily on, but night had fallen before they came to the walls of the Emerald City. By the dim light of the new moon, however, Glenda's forces silently surrounded the city and pitched their tents of scarlet silk upon the greensward. The tent of the sorceress was larger than the others, and was composed of pure white silk, with scarlet banners flying above it. A tent was also pitched for the scarecrow's party, and when these preparations had been made, with military precision and quickness, the army retired to rest. Great was the amazement of Queen Ginger next morning when her soldiers came running to inform her of the vast army surrounding them. She at once climbed to a high tower of the royal palace, and saw banners waving in every direction, and the great white tent of Glenda standing directly before the gates. "'We are surely lost!' cried Ginger in despair. "'For how can our needing-needles avail against the long spears and terrible swords of our foes?' "'The best thing we can do,' said one of the girls, "'is to surrender as quickly as possible before we get hurt.' "'Not so,' returned Ginger more bravely. "'The enemy is still outside the walls, "'so we must try to gain time by engaging them in parley. "'Go, you with a flag of truce, to Glenda, "'and ask her why she has dared to invade my dominions, "'and what are her demands.' So the girl passed through the gates, bearing a white flag to show she was on a mission of peace, and came to Glenda's tent. "'Tell your queen,' said the sorceress to the girl, "'that she must deliver up to me old Mombi to be my prisoner. If this is done, I will not molest her farther.' 
Now when this message was delivered to the queen, it filled her with dismay, for Mombi was her chief counselor, and Ginger was terribly afraid of the old hag. But she sent for Mombi and told her what Glenda had said. "'I see trouble ahead for all of us,' muttered the old witch, after glancing into a magic mirror she carried in her pocket. "'But we may even yet escape by deceiving this sorceress, clever as she thinks herself.' "'Don't you think it will be safer for me to deliver you into her hands?' asked Ginger nervously. "'If you do, it will cost you the throne of the Emerald City,' answered the witch positively. "'But if you will let me have my own way, I can save us both very easily.' "'Then do as you please,' replied Ginger. "'For it is so aristocratic to be a queen that I do not wish to be obliged to return home again to make beds and wash dishes for my mother.' So Mombi called Jillia Jam to her, and performed a certain magical rite with which she was familiar. As a result of the enchantment, Jillia took on the form and features of Mombi, while the old witch grew to resemble the girl so closely that it seemed impossible anyone could guess the deception. Now, said old Mombi to the queen, let your soldiers deliver this girl to Glenda. She will think she has the real Mombi in her power, and so will return immediately to her own country in the south. Therefore Jillia, hobbling along like an aged woman, was led from the city gates and taken before Glenda. "'Here's the person you demanded,' said one of the guards, "'and our queen now begs you will go away as you promised and leave us in peace.' "'That I will surely do,' replied Glenda, much pleased, "'if this is really the person she seems to be.' "'It is certainly old Mombi,' said the guard, who believed she was speaking the truth. And then Ginger's soldiers returned within the city's gates. The sorceress quickly summoned the scarecrow and his friends to her tent, and began to question the supposed Mombi about the lost girl Ozma. But Jillia knew nothing at all of this affair, and presently she grew so nervous under the questioning that she gave way and began to weep, to Glenda's great astonishment. "'Here is some foolish trickery,' said the sorceress, her eyes flashing with anger. "'This is not Mombi at all, but some other person who has been made to resemble her. "'Tell me,' she demanded, turning to the trembling girl, "'what is your name?' This Jillia dared not tell, having been threatened with death by the witch if she confessed the fraud. But Glenda, sweet and fair though she was, understood magic better than any other person in the land of Oz. So by uttering a few potent words and making a peculiar gesture, she quickly transformed the girl into her proper shape, while at the same time old Mombi, far away in Ginger's palace, suddenly resumed her own crooked form and evil features. "'Why, it's Jillia Jam!' cried the scarecrow, recognizing the girl as one of his old friends. "'It's our interpreter!' said the pumpkinhead, smiling pleasantly. Then Jillia was forced to tell of the trick Mombi had played, and she also begged Glenda's protection, which the sorceress readily granted. But Glenda was now really angry, and sent word to Ginger that the fraud was discovered, and she must deliver the real Mombi, or suffer terrible consequences. Ginger was prepared for this message, for the witch well understood, when her natural form was thrust upon her, that Glenda had discovered her trickery. But the wicked old creature had already thought up a new deception, and had made Ginger promise to carry it out. So the queen said to Glenda's messenger, "'Tell your mistress that I cannot find Mombi anywhere, but that Glenda is welcome to enter the city and search herself for the old woman. 
she may also bring her friends with her, if she likes, but if she does not find Mombi by sundown, the sorceress must promise to go away peaceably and bother us no more. Glenda agreed to these terms, well knowing that Mombi was somewhere within the city walls. So Ginger caused the gates to be thrown open, and Glenda marched in at the head of a company of soldiers, followed by the scarecrow and the tin woodman, while Jack Pumpkinhead rode astride the sawhorse. And the educated, highly magnified Wogglebug sauntered behind in a dignified manner. Tip walked by the side of the sorceress, for Glenda had conceived a great liking for the boy. Of course, old Mombi had no intention of being found by Glenda. So while her enemies were marching up the street, the witch transformed herself into a red rose growing upon a bush in the garden of the palace. It was a clever idea, and a trick Glenda did not suspect. So several precious hours were spent in a vain search for Mombi. As sundown approached, the sorceress realized that she had been defeated by the superior cunning of the aged witch. So she gave the command to her people to march out of the city and back to their tents. The scarecrow and his comrades happened to be searching in the garden of the palace just then, and they turned with disappointment to obey Glenda's command. But before they left the garden, the tin woodman, who was fond of flowers, chanced to espy a big red rose growing upon a bush. So he plucked the flower and fastened it securely in the tin buttonhole of his tin bosom. As he did this, he fancied he heard a low moan proceed from the rose, but he paid no attention to the sound. And Mombi was thus carried out of the city and into Glenda's camp without anyone having a suspicion that they had succeeded in their quest. End, chapter twenty-one.